So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space 102 FM. Uh, my name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And a delight for us to welcome back again and to the program this time uh, in her uh, role as Vocations Director for the Limerick Diocese, Sister Katrina Kavanagh. Good morning to you, Sister Katrina. Nice to have you back again. Thanks for coming. Good morning, John. It's always a pleasure uh, to be here on the program. So thank you for inviting me. We thought uh, from time to time we, we do like to touch on the, on the subject of vocations. So maybe before we start, or maybe to start, what is a vocation? And specifically, maybe a, vo- a vocation to the diocesan priesthood. Can you talk to us about? Yes, certainly. Um, so, so, John, I suppose to say that um, any vocation is an invitation, really. Um, it's out of love, uh, from the heart of God. Uh, and what it is, is to help us to discover and live in the fulfillment of the greatness for which he has made us. Um, and the Lord always calls us in a very gentle and loving way uh, and invites us to respond to him then in freedom. Uh, and discerning a vocation, of course, it takes um, time, prayer, <laughs> uh, reflection, and uh, as as many of us can say, it takes a lot of patience, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also courage, really, uh, to respond to those inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. Um, and to discern a vocation, what it really means is to separate apart. Um, so whenever we have to make a choice uh, between two things, we're, we're discerning. Um, and I suppose something that's important to remember about discernment is that it never gives us 100% clarity. Uh, so there's always an element of a leap of faith involved and uh, trusting in the Lord. Uh, and and just to be able to uh, to talk about that to somebody, to, to reflect in prayer um, and with somebody, maybe a spiritual director, that can help, um, can help us, help guide us in our discernment. Uh, then specifically, yes, the, the vocation to diocesan priesthood. Uh, so the diocesan priest, we know, is called to serve a local community, um, really as a spiritual father, um, so a community of Christians, and uh, typically in a parish, um, but also a priest may be assigned to full or part-time uh, in a specific ministry, so maybe chaplaincy, um, a hospital, in a college, for example. And the priest... We know his life revolves around providing for, for our spiritual needs, uh, especially through the sacraments, um, for the faithful in their everyday lives. Um, at his ordination, a, a diocesan priest makes three promises. Um, that is the life of prayer, obedience uh, to his bishop and their successors, and of celibacy. Uh, and these three promises, rather than uh, constraining his freedom, they're intended to allow him um, to fulfill his vocation uh, and his path to holiness, to grow in holiness. And and he's freed from anything uh, that wouldn't assist in accomplishing that mission of proclaiming the gospel, really, um, to to us, the people. And so, obviously, someone who's discerning a vocation uh, to diocesan priesthood needs quite a bit of assistance and support. So how how does the church assist and support someone? Well, in many ways, um, the church uh, is is at the heart uh, of uh, us discerning vocations. Um, the church community itself, 
uh, praise for uh, those discerning vocations. Uh, each diocese here in Ireland has a vocations director uh, who accompany the candidate. Um, so somebody who's desiring to discern um, the diocesan priesthood. Uh, the vocations director will help with that discernment, with selection, uh, but also throughout then the priestly formation up to ordination. Um, so the vocations director is somebody who's trained to, uh, to accompany uh, during that whole process. Of course, the church then provides the structure for formation for priesthood um, and that formation on, on every level. Um, and uh, that will take place uh, in the seminary, but also uh, providing for uh, pastoral formation, uh, perhaps in the summer or throughout um, the years uh, where they have experience um, the seminarians have experience in uh, particular pastoral roles. And so, S Sister Katrina, just for myself anyway, I'm sure there are not other people out there, might just want to know out of interest, how does a process work? So, I mean, if someone has or thinks one has a vocation to priesthood, the first step for that particular person? That's a great question, John. <laughs> uh, the first <laughs> advice that I would always give for, for any for discerning anyone's plan for God's life uh, to pray. Uh, so uh, to bring it back to the Lord, to cultivate that habit of praying um, and, you know, ways to do that. Um, attending mass uh, daily, if possible, just to be to pray, to be open to the grace to receive the Holy Spirit's guidance. Uh, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament um, is really a powerful way to grow in love for the Eucharist uh, and to deepen our spiritual life. Uh, also good spiritual reading. Um, so reading scripture, of course, uh, but also the lives of the saints, um, perhaps books on specifically on discernment and growth in the spiritual life. Uh, there's so many resources available, uh, but to ask for those, um, you know, to, to ask for good recommendations. Uh, of course, um, I, I'm talking to the vocation director uh, of your diocese, uh, but perhaps even before that, you know, just to talk to um, maybe either your parish priest or uh, a priest maybe that you know um, or admire or, um, you know, have seen... Um, you know, something that's that's attractive about the vocation um, in that particular priest's life um, to get further information then from the vocations director about seminary and priestly life uh, and, and uh, then to, to set up uh, a meeting just to, to chat and further discern with them. Sister Katrina, can yeah. I just ask, I suppose... The reality is for, for most people today, if they were looking for information or it's, you know, the first place you're going to go to is the internet. Yes. So I suppose the, the challenge there is what would be maybe two or three good resources for people would go to that you would recommend that they would use as part of their the process of discerning. Of discerning. Yes, certainly. Again, um, yes. And in this time of COVID has, has really emphasized uh, the need for, for good resources um, I think uh, many, if not all, of the dioceses uh, will have certainly a tab on their diocesan uh, website uh, for vocations. I know for I can speak for Limerick itself, and uh, we issue 
um, a, a monthly newsletter uh, which has advice for discernment. Uh, it also uh, highlights or spotlights uh, a priest of the diocese um, just uh, to, to give that practical you know, examples of a life lived out within the diocese itself. Uh, also um, highlights videos that might be good, good resources on, uh, again, the, the questions that are asked, you know, what what is a vocation? How do I discern? How do I discern well? And what resources are available? Um, and uh, to that end, uh, the uh, Bishop's Conference, uh, being aware that there is this need uh, for uh, online um, resources, uh, have the National Vocations Office, and they have their own website uh, with all the information really uh, to at least get you started in the process um, of just explaining, uh, again, uh, the whole process um, of discernment to um, the priesthood uh, and also has all the contact details for the vocation directors throughout Ireland um, and, and where to find them. If a person um, thinks that they might have a vocation to a priest and they're speaking with a local priest, uh, I think you said then that they, then it's time for them to have a chat with, their, with, with, the, with the vocations director. So what's, what's the role of the vocations director then? Yeah, so the role really is um, to, to guide you through um, the, the actual, the, the process of discernment uh, and also then to um, communicate uh, with both the candidate uh, and the bishop about the discernment journey. Um, he'll coordinate kind of the, um, the, the bishop will, um, you know, meet with the candidate as well to, to see uh, where they are at um, and how they're progressing. Uh, if it's somebody who is continuing on then to, uh, to, to explore the vocation to diocesan priesthood further, um, there's a new system in process, which is a, a propedeutic year. So it's a, a pre-seminary year. Um, and uh, again, uh, looking at that with a candidate um, and uh, seeing if that is, is something that they, they can go forward and, and, and do that. Uh, throughout the whole process, of course, just knowing that um, the candidate and the diocese like have the full freedom to either delay or halt the process at any stage. Um, and that's completely respected by, by both the parties, you know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the selection, like a vo discerning a vocation, um, it's, you know, it, it is something that is guided by the Holy Spirit, you know. So the selection is, is, is continually, and that discernment is, um, you know, a, continually a process you know, between both the diocese and the candidate themselves. So that constant communication um, in honesty uh, is very important. Um, that's, a, that's a key point, uh, Katrina, just, to, I suppose, to, to say as well. That, you know, sometimes, I suppose, um, there was a kind of a perception or a tradition in Ireland of the spoiled priest. So the person that had been to seminary and didn't finish it, you know, and, and I suppose it's important, I suppose, to get across to people that the process of discernment for vocation continues. It doesn't stop when you decide that or when the, you know, when the bishop accepts the, 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 the person to go to seminary. It's all the way through seminary, even right up until final decision is made before ordination. 
Yes, yeah, and I think it's really important to emphasize too um, that it's it's not uh, in any sense a failure, you know, like discerning out. Um, you know, the the Lord has a wonderful plan for our lives, and each one of us is unique, you know, and and the Lord uh, in in the mystery of how that evolves and how it unfolds uh, is unique to each person, uh, and so. Uh, he has he has that wonderful plan, um, but uh, to to not focus on it being a failure, but uh, the richness of of the experience of what the Lord has provided throughout. And in terms of just I suppose challenges with discerning vocations at the moment, Katrina, as uh, Katrina, I suppose kind of what would be kind of the the obstacles that are there at the moment. So, for example, you know, looking at you know, the cohort of, of people between the ages of whatever it is, 25 to 40, you know, we're sometimes described as the millennials. We're people that can't commit. We have commitment issues. We don't know how to say yes to anything. We're always looking for something new, which is a challenge, you know, for someone that's looking to discern a life that is quite different and countercultural. So kind of what would be kind of the main uh challenges you know that you would face and kind of the conversations that you would have because i remember reading once upon a time um i think it was a book by the, the current archbishop of 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 new york timothy dolan and he was saying that for some of the seminaries in the u.s they actually had to get their seminarians to be in community because they were so used to being on their own uh you mm-hmm. know it was it was one of the challenges that and he's of course he's a former he's a former rector of the of the NAC in the, the north american college in in, in rome but just in terms of the kind of the blocks and the, the difficulties and that kind of side of it as well, when you're dealing with a very different social uh, context for people, what are kind of the challenges that come up for people that are discerning? Yes, yeah, that's a, a great question, Shane. Um, certainly, uh, it's to discern a vocation to religious life or priesthood is certainly very countercultural right now. Um, and, and just to be aware of that and to be, um, I think, aware of the courage that it takes to step out into that and into faith um, in faith to do that. Um, yeah, you mentioned that fear of commitment or Pope Francis likes to refer to it as the culture of the temporary. Um, and I think that plays into a bigger area of just fear in general. Um, fear being one of the most basic human emotions. Um, but like discerning, you know, like where that fear is coming from, from, because we can't make a choice for anything out, out, out of fear, and God never calls us through fear. Um, so just acknowledging that we have those fears, naming them, bringing them to the Lord in prayer, and perhaps another person like a spiritual director, someone who knows you well, or vocations director, you know, can identify those. Um, and some are... Uh, that fear of commitment, fear of God, um, sounds unusual, but like that, um, you know, if I don't make the right choice, you know, um, like, and, and we know um, that uh, both vocations, you know, like vocation to marriage and vocation to priesthood, like we're uniquely called to those, you know, so it's not um, that we, we put one as, uh, as better than the other, but, you know, what, what is the Lord calling me to uh, fear of ourselves that we're not good enough, um, that we're waiting. We can often wait on a sign, you know, um, and put limits on, on God um, and his goodness to us. Um, 
having a lack of freedom, um, like maybe through um, repeated sinful behavior um, are, are really being able to, to turn away from sin and, and, and to turn in prayer to the Lord. Uh, and sometimes just a lack of knowledge, uh, you know, about what, what's really involved. You know, what, what is, like, you know, that gift of priesthood. Like, it's, you, are, you know, the priest is in persona Christi, you know, uh, and our understanding of supernatural grace uh, and, and, and supernatural life, uh, you know. So uh, I think, yeah, being, being informed uh, is very important as well. And in terms of um, just just that whole discerning as well, is there also perhaps a risk that um, you could get caught in the discernment, if you know what I mean? Yes, yes, the a, society of perpetual discernment. Exactly, that you you get you get you get stuck in it, and it's almost it's partially linked to that idea of actually making the decision, making the commitment. Um, but is there is there also a risk in that as well? Yes, yeah, there certainly is, um, and uh, for again various different reasons. So identifying that um, either yourself or maybe somebody. Sometimes it just takes somebody outside of yourself to be able to to point that out to you, you know, mm. um, and, and and to help uh, because uh, yes, certainly part of the process um, uh, and part of the virtue of prudence is that we have to make a judgment call and then we have to act on it, you know. Mm. So, uh, so that that certainly is is crucial. Uh, and again, uh, perhaps that's linked into a fear, um, you know, of uh, you know not wanting to fail uh, or not wanting to you know perhaps displease people, like leaving your family. Um, you know, maybe people don't agree with your choice, uh, and and just being able to to acknowledge those uh, and to be able to to give that to the Lord in prayer and. Step out in faith. Mm. I think one of the key words that you used um, was the expression courage at the start. And I think for many people today, whether it's vocation to priesthood or religious life, courage is, uh, is one of the key things sometimes. But it's also a reminder to us, I suppose, that vocations don't grow under cabbage plants uh, or in you know, a drawer in the, in the bishop's desk. They come out of families. They come out of communities. And that if we as a people of faith want our masses, we want our churches open, if we want, you know, priests available to us to administer the sacra sacraments, that means we are, we're, we're an incarnational people, but we are Eucharistic people, and we require priests for our faith, for the practice of our faith. Therefore, we have a responsibility to encourage and support those uh, vocations to the priesthood and religious life. Yes, certainly. And the greatest way to do that is by praying. Um, certainly, um, and just for our own selves, uh, for our own desire for holiness, um, and and how just that that uh, beautiful odor of holiness that comes from somebody who's really you know striving union with the Lord, uh, just has such a powerful influence, um, you know, in the mystical body of the church. So just to remember that we each contribute to that. Um, and and we only responsibility for ourselves. So um, just to to try to to focus on that, um, and of course to intentionally pray, uh, specifically pray for um, vocations um, and the especially vocations to the diocesan priesthood, and specifically for courage, 
uh, for these men uh, to both um, you be able to make that first step, but also for our one for our priests who have committed so many years um, for a fidelity um, and for continued zeal uh, amidst the challenges that they may face um, and and that they exude um, it just uh, the the delight uh, and the peace and the joy um, supernatural that that comes from responding to the Lord's. So, Sister Katrina, we're we're tight for time as usual, but just one last question. Somebody might be listening to our program this morning and maybe they're thinking about, maybe I might have a vocation to priesthood. Maybe I'm not too sure. What, What should that person do? Yeah, well, certainly, um, as I mentioned already, to pray. <laughs> uh, we can't hear it often enough, uh, but also if um, they are, yes, in the Diocese of Limerick, and uh, to please feel free to contact the vocations office. The easiest way to do that is uh, just to go onto the Limerick uh, Diocese website, and they'll find the contact details there. Um, and we'd be happy uh, to accompany them um, and um, to to help them with resources or to point them in the right direction. Sister Katrina, thanks a lot for, for joining us, for taking time out this morning. Yeah, um, thank you very much to both of you. Please, God, we'll have you back on again some stage. But in the meantime, uh, there's a piece of music I asked you to choose. What, what, what was the piece of music and why did you choose it? Yeah, so this um, is a piece called um, uh, Jacob's Song, and it's... Uh, it was inspired uh, by an encounter that one of the CFRs had uh, in New York, uh, and it was with a man who came up and asked them for a song. Uh, and he was so so taken uh, by their just their response um, that he ran after them when they were finished, and he said, "Oh, you know, give us another song." And they pointed him to the church uh, where there was Eucharistic adoration and said, you know, there, you, there's, there's beautiful music in there. And uh, it, it just drew him into the church, um, that desire. Uh, and just in the same way that uh, we too uh, have that same desire, uh, just we're, we're wired for love, we're wired for God, um, and that our response will always be uh, to run to the Lord. Sister Katrina, thanks a lot for that. We look forward to listening to that piece of music. In the meantime, we'll keep you in prayer as Vocations Director for the Diocese and also all, all of those um, men and women who are discerning at this moment um, their vocation to religious life. Yes, thank you very much, John. God bless you now. Okay, and Bye. thank you, Shane. God bless. These times be tough with all the hatred and the violence All I'm looking for is a little bit of silence To be with you while I'm down on my knees Oh my God, I'm begging you please to Battle my heart, my three-person God Break down this old weary facade And show yourself, yeah, yeah Please show yourself in me Oh my God, oh my Savior Up above Hear my prayer, oh my God, oh my Savior, up above, please hear my prayer, oh 
Still small voice way deep down in my soul And you show yourself, yeah, yeah Yes, you show yourself in me Oh my God, oh my Savior Up above, please hear my prayer Oh my God, oh my Savior Up above, please hear my prayer Darkness. 